0: So hello and welcome to Media MD. I'm Ruben Morehouse, and I'm Elliot Ebol. Awesome. And so, a Media MD each fortnight we prescribe each other a piece of media that the other person has somehow missed out on. Mm-hmm. And so this week it's my turn. I am coming to you with a movie called Reservoir Dogs by Quentin Tarantino. Yes. So I don't know where to start with this one. Um, uh, I'll just I'll just sort of jump
1: in and sort of set the scene because mm-hmm. I think most people would sort of assume that anyone has seen most of the Tarantino films.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, I have seen Inglorious Bastards, which mm-hmm. I hated.
0: Okay,
1: um, and then I saw Django Unchained a few years ago, and uh-huh. I I enjoyed that one. I guess I I don't know I I don't know what may have happened because everyone else tells me Inglorious Bastards is great. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe let's maybe I was about... just in the in the wrong mood when I went and saw it in the cinema all those years ago. Before but, uh, we get to
0: Reservoir Dogs, let's talk about why you didn't like Inglourious Bosses, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So, I didn't really have any expectations going in. It was mm-hmm. like a friend took me there. Mm-hmm. Um, and That and... was the first Tarantino movie. Yes. Yeah, so I, I I had literally no expectations going in, and I I mean it was it was gr- like sort of gory and grotesque, which mm-hmm. I kind of liked, but like mm-hmm. the whole thing just didn't make sense to me in mm-hmm. a way. Like it was just like. I don't, particularly the end, so spoilers for Inglorious Um <laughs> when they sort of killed Hitler at the end. Yeah, yeah, For me, that sort of meant the whole movie. I don't know, the whole the thing... Whole, it just made it the whole, whole movie like a, kind of fictitious and weird And, and it was sort of a series of random events. I didn't really feel like the movie was cohesive. Yes. I, I don't know, but I, I, again, in saying this, I think this was like seven or eight years ago that movie came out, yeah. so... Yeah. I don't remember it that well. I just so, remember coming
0: out and not being impressed. So, uh, speaking on Tarantino films, I've seen... I think all the ones that he's done up to Inglourious Bastards and then I haven't seen past that. Okay. Um so I haven't seen his newer films. Which is a weird dynamic. Yeah. we we meet at Inglorious Bastards and then we kind of diverge, <laughs> yeah, right. I guess. Um but for me, *Inglourious Bastards is definitely kind of larger than life in a way that some of his or in a way that Reservoir Dogs definitely isn't. Maybe some okay. of his other movies like Kill Bill, the Kill Bill movies are a bit kind of like that. That's the yellow jumpsuit one. That's right? the yellow jumpsuit. That's Uma Thurman going around with a, a ninja sword slicing yep. up people. Yep. That's, that's literally all I know about it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a pretty simple movie, so that's basically all you need to know about it. Um, but Rest of Our Dogs, I think, doesn't kind of fit into that in the same way. It's much more down-to-earth, I would describe it as. Okay. Um, yeah. So, okay, so Rest of Our Dogs is the title of this movie. Yes. how much do you know about it literally nothing okay so (laughs) just from the title alone what do you think is the movie about
1: so I'm assuming like all the Tarantino (laughs) films are sort of these live action yeah okay um, it's definitely
0: not animated uh, yeah
1: exactly like I'm not picturing like all dogs go to heaven style um, but it would be that (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's I'm an sorry. animated movie about a dog that yeah. finds love with the young child. Yeah, I don't know, in some reservoir setting. Um yeah, I, I I honestly have absolutely no idea. I assume it's going to be some sort of gang slash mafia mm-hmm. based thing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think that could just be an assumption I'm making because it's Tarantino.
0: Yeah. Well um, you're correct. It is about uh I don't think it's a mafia, but it's a criminal kind of group. Okay. Um, but let me tell you the story about how he came up with the title. So I was looking this up because, of course, the title is... It, it's nonsensical, essentially. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't go oh, okay. to the film at all. <laughs> um, so I think the story is he was working in a like a blockbuster or some video store, mm-hmm. um, and he would recommend indie titles. This is Tarantino. He would recommend okay. indie titles to uh, patrons who would come in. Sure. And so he recommended a, a French film called the Les Reservoirs des Enfants, or something which means like... The Reservoir of the Children, I'm not 100% sure, but... Uh, the, the customer replied, I don't want no damn Reservoir Dogs, and Tarantino <laughs> liked this, and that's where he got the idea for it. And that's it. That's the story of Thank the you, time. ignorant redneck. <laughs> yes. So, it doesn't really make sense. It's not really a thing. Okay. At all. That's Either in the real world or in the movie. <laughs> um, yeah. Hmm. Um, so, let's talk about what this movie is about. Yeah. Now, since it is more down-to-earth, it's not really... I'd say it's different to other Tarantino or different to Inglorious Bastards, which you've seen for sure, where it's not really. Inglorious Bastards is kind of like you kind of know what the story's gonna be. They they're killing Nazis, they're gonna go, they're gonna uh, yeah. kill Hitler or whatever. And the story's kind of laid out in front of you, and it's more about the journey of how they get there. Whereas I feel like um Reservoir Dogs kind of isn't about that. It's more you don't know what's gonna happen at any point in the movie. Okay. It's pretty it, it it's it's violent like other Tarantino films, and it takes some weird turns, and you definitely don't know exactly where it's going to go. You kind of know a bunch of pieces, and you're kind of seeing how they're going to play together, but okay. you don't really know exactly. So there's where a bit of like end. a a mystery to it all. I like... wouldn't say it's a mystery because there's nothing that you as the viewer don't really know. But apart from you know how the story is going to play out, it's not okay. quite a mystery. It's more just a, a story that takes its turns. You know. Okay. So I don't want to give away too much about the movie, um, but there are a couple of very iconic scenes that you probably will recognise. Um, there's scenes, there's a scene where someone gets their ear cut off and it's set to the, one of the play, people, one of the characters plays Stuck in the Middle with You on, on a radio or, okay. or tunes, tunes a radio and it's playing this song. And that's kind of a very iconic scene that you might recognise even. It's been parodied okay. in a lot of things. I remember there's a scene in, I think, Bob's Burgers where Bob gives a wet willy to someone in their ear and it's set to the um. tune of, Okay, so that you. may have
1: just gone over my head. When I was yeah, of course. It. So
0: there are a lot of references which, when you see these original things and then see the later piece, you'll be like, oh my god, this is obviously a reference uh, to Reservoir yeah. Dogs. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, so the movie has a bunch of uh, staples for Tarantino. Like, Tim Roth is in it. He's in okay. a lot of Tarantino's films. Yeah. Um, it's violent, of course. It It gets pretty pretty gruesome i just mentioned the scene where someone gets the ear cut off which yeah. i think is the most violent scene in the movie um <laughs> yeah but it's definitely a good movie um so i'd like to talk about one of the scenes at the very start of the movie which kind of sets a weird tone for it um so i wouldn't describe the movie as a comedy i don't know the, the movie is kind of genre defining but it has this very funny scene at the start of the movie uh revolving around tipping right in yep. america and so we're both australians who have spent time living in america so this is a pretty i'd say this scene strikes with me <laughs> a lot um one of the characters steve buscemi's character is talking about how tipping is just a kind of a bit of a nonsensical um a nonsensical thing he doesn't want to tip I people just Buscemi, i mean yeah. we agree with with him i think on this <laughs> uh in tipping culture in australia is if you earn a tip you get a tip whereas in america it's you know, we have to pay part of your wage <laughs> yeah, as the exactly. customer. Um, and you have to tip. Uh, but Steve Buscemi is very against this and is saying, you know, she she, she did an all right job serving us, so uh, we have to tip her for this amount. And it's a kind of story that... It's, it's a scene that sets a very weird tone, and then that tone is kind of broken. Um, so that scene is before the main event in the film, which is these people rob a diamond store. And then the rest of the movie is after that, basically okay. goes to hell. They, they fuck up the robbery, the police are involved, and it's all gone to hell, and then they're trying to figure out what exactly what happened, and that's the, re- that's the main chunk of the movie there. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I don't think I'll spoil too much of it, because that's basically just the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but yeah, hopefully you'll, you'll enjoy it. I think you will. Okay,
1: cool. And so, like, I don't know, so, uh, is it just two guys,
0: or...? or... So the crew is, like maybe eight or nine people big oh okay um and so there are a couple of them so since the heist has gotten fucked up i think one of them dies some of them like split and don't come back into the story they don't kind of regroup at the meeting place afterwards and so there are maybe three or four maybe five uh main characters i'd say three who are pretty core to the story that happens afterwards and then a couple of other ones which kind of come in the other kind of group members come in yeah sure um, and so while the group is about eight or nine people, there are maybe like three or four who come to this warehouse afterwards to try and figure out what went wrong. And then that kind of plays out from there. Okay.
1: Cool.
0: Cool. Yeah. And we're back. That was a little two week past sound effect. <laughs> all right it's very good all right, all right let's focus here enough I, shenanigans I quality, and let's focus high quality
1: production we've got going
0: on. <laughs> yeah, i need like a soundboard that will play <laughs> like two weeks later
1: um anyway yeah so uh, i've watched reservoir dogs, dogs uh, in the last two weeks um it was about a week ago uh and i actually really enjoyed this one uh i knew you would it, compared to what I was saying about like *Inglorious Bastards* and even sort of how I felt about Django Unchained, uh, this one felt a lot more indie. Like you could mm-hmm. tell it was a very low budget, almost like homemade movie. Well, and I felt that that was good in that it, it toned down the Tarantino. where like there was the violence, but like in *Inglorious Bastards* and Django, I almost felt like the violence was movies. pointless. Yeah. Okay. Like it was just so much fun of people dying and like, I, I enjoy action and like gore and stuff, but like, yeah.
0: It was gratuitous. Yeah,
1: and and the the deaths and and stuff. You know, there were only a few characters in Where's of Wild dogs, and it was <laughs> <So>
0: <laughs> do reservoir dogs. Reservoir dogs. Uh, reservoir dogs. That's, um, that's the <laughs> children's production. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but no way. Uh, so I I felt that this one actually was more about the the characters and what was happening. And the violence was just there to further the plot. Whereas mm-hmm. in the new ones, I would say there's interesting plot and characters that get distracted from by the excessive, by the
0: violence. excessive violence.
1: Okay. So yeah, you did like Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. All right. So
0: let's talk about, what should we talk about with this movie?
1: Well, so one of the things you talked about uh, last time was how the that opening scene in the cafe where they talk about tips. Yes. How that had a very different tone to the rest of the movie. Yes. And I sort of noticed that, um, and then I, like after watching it, I really felt because that scene when you watch that scene, I got the impression that they were a team that worked together a lot. Mm. It it established <laughs> them to me as a team that that got along really well. They were kind of family. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I, th- I think that was the point of that scene is that it establishes them as a sort of like family ish, uh, a very tight knit team, and then you immediately cut to seeing it after it's just all gone to shit. Mm. Um, and so it's that, I would think that that's sort of the point of that scene is to show you how they could all be professional and good when things were right. right. And then after it had all gone to hell, they're at each other's throats and Mm. pointing guns at each other. Now I don't
0: remember, is Tim Roth with them in the cafe scene? Yes. Okay. So I don't think they're not, I think it's explained in some conversations. Yeah. Oh, they're not a team. They're not a team. No. um,
1: But, like because it opens with that scene, that was the impression I had watching seemed the movie. Professional. Yeah, they yeah. seemed like a team. As Steve
0: Buscemi's character would say many times, Yes, he's professional."
1: <laughs> um, actually, I do want to bring up. Uh, this is the first thing I've seen Steve Buscemi in that wasn't an Adam Sandler movie. <gasps> so I'd like to officially take back all these bad things I've been saying about yeah, Steve he's Buscemi.
0: It's um, not just in Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, see, I he saw. Also, him. was in Thirty Rock as oh. a very creepy. Personal. That's true. And he was, that, he was good but, in that but
1: I've always had this impression of him as just like someone attributed to Adam Sandler movies. So I've never I've <laughs> never thought of <laughs> no, him. I, no, no, I've no. never no. had much respect for him. And <laughs> yeah, I just no, sort of like a, to officially good. He knows his shit. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to officially backtrack on all, all those years of hating Steve Basham.
0: Monsters Inc., he plays the the main he's, villain He sees the bad the bad guy, right? Yeah, he's Randall. Randall. Randy, Randolph, whatever yeah. his name is. The chameleon dude. Yeah. He was good in that. Yeah, okay. I mean he even looks like, if, he, if there was a live action version of Monsters Inc., he I wouldn't think, really need CGI or anything. <laughs> You'd just I think put that was C- one, of those, in
1: it. one of those movies where they they did part of the modelling based on the actors who were playing <laughs> oh, them. Oh, yeah. Um, Cause cause, jo- John Goodman is, is Sully. Sully. Yeah.
0: Who um, plays uh, Billy Crystal? plays, plays <laughs> <laughs> You're right. They do kind of look um, like they're monsters. Yeah. Don't?
1: And I mean, they did a lot of that in Finding Nemo as well, which I think was like, the movie afterwards. No, this, did so. they? Yeah um wow. so i don't know any
0: of the voice actors from fighting okay Ellen. i
1: mean like you don't really notice it because you know the way they're still fish right yeah, <laughs> like, they're not humans uh, and it's the same in monsters inc but like if you really look for it you can still say that they gave him more bulgy eyes and stuff and i assume it's because of the actors because of the actors. um but anyway, anyway enough about yeah. an <laughs> <unreal good> movie. <laughs> let's get back to engine. reservoir dogs um but yeah and i i really liked uh like the the narrative, I really like the way it unfolded in mm-hmm. Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. It was like this puzzle, like, um, you know, often often I hate it when you get those sorts of plots that like start with the end and then it's like ten hours earlier. Yeah, uh, I felt that's and that a real... kind of
0: happens in Reservoir yeah. Dogs. Yeah, and
1: that's normally like I just sigh when that happens normally because it's such an overused trope. Mm. Um, but like the way they sort of kept going back to it, it was almost like like a whole season of Lost compressed into a movie. But the way they they keep going back and you get the snippets of what happened. Yeah. I really, little... I really wanted to know, like, and yeah, I, just the way everything was moving. I was constantly, I was really enjoying it. So let's talk about the
0: ending of the movie. Yeah, uh, which is where yeah, the
1: Shakespearean Roth... uh, ending where everyone dies.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Shakespearean. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so Tim Roth has been this undercover cop the whole time. Yeah, and essentially. The other guy, Mister White, yeah, Mister White, and yeah, Mike character. He
1: confesses to him like, at the very end, both.
0: and he's been going to bat for him and like exactly putting his life on the line for him. And then in the end, he confesses and he shoots him. Yeah, I don't know what Mister Orange expected. <laughs> yeah, Mister Orange, he definitely was in a. Um, I don't think that was his best decision. But no. coming from a storytelling perspective, what do you think of the ending? Um. Yeah, I'm just, like, it, it sort of caught me off guard. I actually
1: thought the movie had more time to it. It just sort of... Mm. Just sort of happened. I thought I thought we were still in in the main part of the movie and then just like, especially the Mexican standoff, I didn't expect that to just sort of go with everyone shoots each other and dies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then... Like, you expect and then, that and then, to de-escalate, but then it just Mr. doesn't. And then Mr. Just Pink is like on his way out and then he gets caught by the cops yeah. straight out the door and it's yeah. just like, well... Okay, everything's over now. and <laughs> <laughs> That kind of
0: just happened. Okay. Um,
1: yeah, so it was a very abrupt ending, but I kind of like that because it was unexpected. Mm. I was just sort of like, ooh, okay. Okay. Um,
0: yeah. All right. What did you think of the movie as a whole? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I really liked it. Um, like, most of it, again, it was like one of those movies that sort of felt like it was filmed in like two two rooms. Yeah, um, it
0: definitely has that kind of... You were saying it had has that kind of indie... I mean, it's obviously yeah. not an indie movie. Any sense, um, yeah. but well, it, this was one of his one of his first ones, right? It was one of his earlier ones. So I, but he I was imagine still it must well have well enough
1: had, known. It must have had one of the smallest budgets for sure. Like, yeah, I mean, there's no big set pieces or anything. Right? No, Charles exactly for sure. But um, um but you often see like uh, it still has a
0: lot of big stars in it.
1: They they talk about a lot. There's a term for it in TV shows. that's, that's slipping my mind. But uh, bottle episode, right? Um, bottle episode. It kind of felt like a bit of a bottle movie, mm. uh, and I and I quite liked it. I mean, obviously, bottle episodes are very hit and miss. Like some of them are great, some of them are not. I would describe this as a, very much a hit in terms of bottle movies.
0: Like, but it does go outside the bottle in yeah, some ways, and it does,
1: and a lot of bottle episodes will have so for bits and pieces. And okay. But like, you, you'd say that like eighty percent of the movie happened yeah. in these is two that, locations. It's
0: that one main room, yeah. Given?
1: Um, and and yet it was still very like captivating.
0: Now I remember we were talking about the movie in the preamble section. And I was talking about how I think the most violent part is the ear cutting off scene. Yeah, I think that would be still be the most violent. But I had forgotten, and I rewatched this movie just recently. The scene where Harvey Keitel is driving Mister Orange, and there is just blood. Oh, oozing everywhere. Yeah, it, it, it's basically a red. That's a r- right at display. the start. You're talking yeah, it's about yeah, at the very start. I would say that I'm, I'm changing my mind. I'd say that that has the most blood.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I guess you could say it was the goriest, but like, uh, the torture scene's the, mo- the darkest. The torture scene's the Because the blood everywhere is, yeah, that's what happens when you get shot in the stomach, right? Yeah, like, blood it goes it makes everywhere. Sense. Uh, the when one. there's a dude tied to a chair getting his, like, ear cut off, that's that's much more disturbing to watch. So, yeah,
0: one more thing I want to point out about the ear scene. Now that you've seen it, yeah. is there anything that you can think of that? Is parodying it because that is a very iconic scene. I
1: yeah. Uh, no. Like nothing's nothing springing to mind, but I'm sure. I think
0: after this episode, I'm going to show you the scene from Bob's Burgers. Uh, yeah. Have you seen Bob's Burgers? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've seen. There's... I've seen all Bob's Burgers. So it's the episode. We're just going to go off on a little bit of a sidetrack <laughs> here, but it's the episode where with the food critic. Do you remember that episode? Oh, where yeah. His yeah. friends' restaurants knows. have all been shut down by the food critic, and he yeah. wants to. And he breaks into the house and like ties him up. Yeah, to and feed he him gets them meal. all together, right? Yeah, yeah, and then at the end, one of the guys gives him a wet wheelie, and it's to the. And it's obviously. I do. Now that you
1: mention it, I do vaguely remember that. All right, good. I, I'm sure Now it's something, you know,
0: and that's the entire reason I wanted you to watch <laughs> this, to see so you would understand that reference. I, and I'm sure there'll be stuff like, uh, probably
1: like next time I'm tuning into some South Park or something. I'm sure South Park's done or something like that. Yeah, in, yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't remember any specifics, sure. but, uh, I'm sure from now on I'll definitely recognize it. Because the. The music really did make that scene yeah. iconic. Yeah, and I
0: think there are probably a lot of iconic scenes in Quentin Tarantino movies. He definitely has a knack for having that kind of... He is often able to set up these very iconic violent mm. <laughs> scenes that you always kind of remember. Yeah, yeah. There are probably some that you can think of from *Inglorious Bastards yeah. and stuff. Uh, uh, Django, like uh, the
1: final few scenes in Django where mm. they go to town on this mansion. In and a is, um, yeah. sexual way? No, 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 in a in a bullets everywhere. Like the foundation's a lot never of gonna be the same kind of way, yeah. mm. uh, in a Samuel L. Jackson is crazy way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Um, so what would you give it? Yeah, um I'd I'd be tempted to give this one eight and a half out of ten. That's a high rating. But yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed it. Um especially given the fact that it came across as quite indie ish and mm. like boy budget. It was sort of down to earth. A lot of these guys was getting started here and it came together really well.
0: All right, eight and a half out of ten. Go. Now, before we go, we should point out that we do have. We should do some some chores, some some podcast chores. Okay. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, we now have an email. Oh. Okay. For the show, which you is do. media MD at gmail.com. We have a website. We have a lot of things. So if you want to reach out to the show, you can reach out to the show. Um, And we should also point out that next fortnight we will be discussing Stargate. So if you want to check out Stargate, the TV show slash movie slash franchise, do that. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next fortnight.